With just four days until the trade deadline, guess what? A lot of our questions were on today's mailbag were about the trade deadline. We'll talk about Northern Arenado some more. We'll talk about who's untouchable. We'll talk about pitchers. We'll talk about if there's more trades coming. A lot of stuff coming. And then we can answer a question about Dodger MVP chances. That's all coming up. So let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked on your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for locked on Dodgers. And there's an exclusive group called the everydayers that you can join by listening every single day. And to make it easier, you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube or on both in order to be notified when our episodes are ready for you to listen to. If this is your first time listening to watching, I'm Vince Samperio, and that's my co-host, Jeff Snyder. We're both lifelong Dodger fans that have covered the team, that have watched a lot of Dodger games, that will continue to watch a lot of Dodger games, and uh, basically our outside li- or lives outside of family and everything else kind of consumed by the Dodgers a little bit. So we're here to bring that smart fans perspective on our boys in blue, and uh, we're going to try to do that a lot today because there is a trade deadline coming up on Tuesday, Jeff. I'm not sure if you're aware, but... The Dodgers figured to be a part of it. They've already made a couple of trades. There may be a couple more coming, and that's what a bulk of our episodes going to be about today. But before that, Jeff, uh, off day and no real news, at least in Dodgerland. So, uh, you got anything to, before we kick off? No, I saw that uh, Mookie and Freddie won the the Kershaw Challenge Ping Pong for Purpose tournament, which is exciting. Uh, I remember when you and I talked to Cody Bellinger back when he was in Double A. He told us the thing he was most excited about about making the big leagues was playing in Clayton Kershaw's ping pong tournament, and uh, that's crazy. Uh, Bellinger has played what six years in the big leagues now, and uh, this is his seventh year, and uh, yeah, this is his seventh season. And you and I were podcasting together back when he was in double A, had him on our show. So uh, I always think of Bellinger when I think of this ping pong tournament. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw and Austin Barnes were the other finalists. So Austin Barnes just still can't get a win uh, when, when it matters at Dodger Stadium. So, but either way, uh, like I said, trade. He probably hit the ping pong ball about as far as he hits a baseball <laughs> these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Freddie and Mookie were really good together. They both bring a power game element and uh, not just on the field, like not just in the actual games, but in ping pong as well. It's hard to imagine Mookie Betts being good at something, huh? Yeah, right. All right. So we got a lot of questions. So let's just get right into it. There's a few on. Well, let's start with this one because this is probably going to lead into some of the other stuff. We, get. we got a couple questions about untouchables. We got one from James at Freedom, please, 74. And one from Jeffrey at Jeff underscore Bame. They're asking which prospects are untouchable for the Dodgers in potential trades. Yeah. And, you know, now that Otani is is off the table, at least for now, I, I by the way, side note, uh, do you remember back in 2017 when Jaime Garcia got traded twice at the trade deadline? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if uh, there's a possibility that that is the case with, uh, with Lucas Giolito this year. The Angels 
play the the Blue Jays starting today in a three game series. That's who they're chasing closest in the wild card. They get swept by the Blue Jays. Suddenly they're six and a half out uh, in the wild card race. I wonder if they would uh, pivot and 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 trade Giolito on Monday. Uh, anyway, I, I was thinking about that. But uh, you know, with Otani being off the market, that does create some untouchableness. I don't know that. I don't know that anybody is super untouchable, especially among prospects. Like Bobby Miller is no longer a prospect. Bobby Miller has graduated from prospect status. He is now a rookie. Um, and for me, I think Bobby Miller is basically untouchable simply because the Dodgers' biggest need is starting pitching. And Bobby Miller is probably their second best starting pitcher right now, uh, you know, or but somewhere in that mix anyway. And so, like, they would have to get two big league ready starting pitchers at least to make them even consider Bobby Miller. Um, and so, yeah, I don't see Miller going anywhere, not so much because he's untouchable, but because he fits the need they have right now. Uh, the other starters, you know, Gavin Stone, Emmett Sheehan, Ryan Pepio, all those guys I think are on the table. And I, I, I would expect that at least one of those three guys I just mentioned gets traded. Diego Cartaya, I don't know that he's untouchable, but I don't know that anybody who's likely to get traded at this deadline is someone who the Dodgers would be willing to part with Cartaya for. Uh, so I don't think he's untouchable, but I don't think he's going anywhere. But a lot of other guys, you know, the Michael Bush, Andy Pajas, that tier of prospect, I think they're all fair game. Yeah, I'm in the same exact boat where uh, where – Cartaya would be the quote unquote untouchable, but if you know somebody, I don't even know who happened to become available because like pitching in general this year has been kind of weird. Like there's no, like even Sandy Alcantara, he's like starting to figure it out a little bit, but he hasn't been like what he was last year. Like there's no like, oh my God, this guy is like destroying the world and being the best pitcher. So like kind of weird in general, but yeah, I don't think there's, anybody the Dodgers are going to reasonably get that would be able to cost Cartaya, even in a one-to-one situation, unless it's somebody with team control. And then that would be the case. But again, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Quality wise, you know, a guy like Blake Snell, if the Padres were willing to trade with the the Dodgers, I assume that AJ Preller is smarter than Artie Marino, mostly because by default, I assume everybody's smarter than Artie Marino and that mindset hasn't let me down yet. Uh, I assume, you know, the Dodgers have traded with the Padres before, uh, but Snell would be a rental. So talent wise, he's the kind of guy you might consider giving up Cartaya for, but probably not for two months of Blake Snell, uh, you know, so, yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, jump into our next question. This one comes from our buddy Kevin at Blue Goon 82. Um, it, it's about the trade the Dodgers made the other day. Where do you see Ahmed Rosario fitting in defensively, considering he only dabbled in the outfield and has been very bad at shortstop? I'm going to imagine shortstop just because that is his natural position, you know, regardless of how bad he's been. Again, I all all the metrics are bad. Like you look at any metric you try to find about defense on any website, or has been in the is in the negative for Rosario this year. I'm pretty sure I, I, when I looked the other day. So I, you know, I haven't watched probably any Guardian games to even you know try to consider what he's been bad at. So, but I would imagine it's going to be shortstop heavily, and 
they listed him as infield outfield, so I would imagine that means he's going to play some outfield at times. But it's all going to come down to if he hit. Like, if he doesn't hit and he's bad at shortstop, then they might as well just leave Rojas there as bad as he's been. So it's just going to be a matter of if he hits, we can get by with some of the defense. And, you know, the Dodgers, even with the shift being gone, they can still move guys around and help them out a little bit on defense. So maybe that'll help. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see because it's not like Rosario is on year eight of being a terrible defensive shortstop. He was he was fine last year, uh, you know, above average last year. And so uh, I have no way of knowing. I'm, I, I, I've i watched him at Rosario. Have the Dodgers played the, the Guardians this year? No, I don't think so. I, I can't remember if they played them or not. If so, then I've watched Ahmed Rosario play that many games this year. You know, I, I, I'm not familiar with his game. Uh, other than looking at the stats. But uh, I assume when the Dodgers were looking at a trading for him, they were looking at all this stuff, and maybe they have an idea. You know, the Dodgers, e- even though the shift has been banned, uh, Dodgers are generally pretty good at positioning their players, so maybe they think they can help him be a little better. bit better. He's an excellent athlete. Uh, he has great speed, and so I think he has all the tools to be able to play shortstop. And so, you know, I, I don't know if his value – is down because of fielding or throwing or a combination of both, but it wouldn't shock me if the Dodgers have some ideas on how to help him be a better defensive shortstop. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I would guess that the outfield would be uh, not so much a last resort, but definitely I, I don't think they're really thinking of him as a true platoon or a true utility player, just a infielder, a middle infielder who can also play outfield in a pinch. And here's the thing with the Dodgers that, it, you know, it's funny to see reactions sometimes. The Dodgers aren't trading for somebody that they think is going to be bad. Like, they're not like, oh, let's get this guy. We think he's going to be bad. They obviously think he's going to be good. They have whatever, you know, when they traded for Kike right away, it was, oh, we think there's some stuff to unlock there on offense. And when they traded for Rosario, they haven't really talked about it yet, but I'm sure they'll, he'll, they'll get asked about it before Friday's game. I'm sure Dave Roberts will say something about his defense of what they noticed or whatever the case is. No, we just got to trust them sometimes that they're not just trading for whoever randomly. Yep. All right. Uh, we got more to trade line questions specifically around Nolan Arenado. So we'll get into those. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening every day wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. Search Locked On Dodgers. If you cannot watch the Dodger game but you want to be a part and listen to it, you can do so with SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search Dodgers and you get the home broadcast for any game. Should be a fun weekend series with the Reds coming to town. Ellie De La Cruz in town. 
So you can't watch. You want to listen. Sirius XM or that's XM app. Search Dodgers. All right. Let's get into these Nolan Arenado questions. There is a couple. Or maybe one. Or, I guess there's this one hat kind of talks about it. So we'll start with this one that leads into Arenado specifically from young Jeremy at young Jeremy 33461. He said, let's be fun and crow crazy. Would you rather trade the farm for Dylan Cease and Joe Kelly or Nolan Arenado and Jack Flaherty? Uh, trading the farm, you know, I, I guess that's probably something that means something different to everybody. Um, of, of those four players that Jeremy listed, Nolan Arenado is the one I want the most, but Dylan Cease is the one who best addresses a current need. And Joe Kelly is probably second on that list. And so the, the White Sox trade it addresses the two biggest needs. The Cardinals trade he mentions has the, the best player involved. Uh, so I, 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 so honestly, I don't know how to answer the, the, the question because I, I don't know which one I'd prefer long-term. I, I want Nolan Arenado on the Dodgers and, uh, you know, I think he would help them this year. The fact is you can win, you win games by scoring more runs than your opponents, and every run you score is one more that you can, you know, that you don't have to prevent. And so they could theoretically just blow teams out in the postseason with offense. Um, but uh, I, I know that idea probably get, makes your heart start beating faster, Vince, because I know how you feel about the Dodgers' offense in the postseason. Uh, I do think that they need to address the pitching. And so so I guess I'd take the White Sox trade because Dylan Cease and Joe Kelly both would contribute in important, meaningful ways to the 2023 Dodgers in a way that Jack Flaherty wouldn't and that Nolan Arenado uh, doesn't quite address a need in the same way. Yeah, since we're being fun and crazy, I don't have to answer this one as rational. And with that being said, I'd rather do the White Sox trade because whoever the Dodgers had to give up, if it helps the White Sox, like I don't care about the White Sox enough. The Dodgers would really only have to play them in the World Series where it would affect them. Whereas I don't want to help the Cardinals get better at all. So if the Dodgers have to trade some good prospects in order to get guys, I just would not rather them flourish with the Cardinals. But Practically, I think practical, it's still the White Sox because, like you said, it addresses the needs they actually do have. If this question was slightly different, if it was Nolan Arenado and uh, Jordan Montgomery, I'd probably go Cardinals. Uh, Jack Flaherty, I am not high on at all. Uh, I don't think that Jack Flaherty, like, I, I don't know why uh, he doesn't strike anybody out, but the Dodgers don't need another starting pitcher who doesn't strike enough guys out. Uh, and you know, I, I don't know if Jordan Montgomery is significantly better, but Jack Flaherty specifically, maybe it's just the, the name value compared to the performance just isn't a match for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring the next question. Cause this one was on my side of things. This one comes from at CHR Lopez, 10, 21 says last night we talked about Nolan and a pitcher and you, right now we talked about Nolan and a pitcher, uh, one or the other between Flaherty and Montgomery. What would that prospect package look like? And he said, let's assume Chris Taylor is part of it. Yeah, and that's it. I, I, I think guess we that, can add the report from LA Times did have Max Muncy's name also attached to it, which I think is just, 
I think Max Muncy and Chris Taylor were probably in different variations of a trade. I don't think they're in the same trade. Yeah, I don't see them both going in that trade. Uh, but you you figure uh, they would want basically they'd want the younger versions of the guys they're giving up. So if it was Nolan Arenado and Jordan Montgomery, then they probably want Michael Bush and one of those pitchers that we mentioned, Emmett Sheehan or Gavin Stone or something like that, you know, uh, along with Chris Taylor, you know, the, with the money, some, some of it would depend on if the Cardinals are eating some of Arenado's money or, you know, or not, or if they're taking on Chris Taylor for the salary reasons, you know, uh, Money always comes into into this. You can get it. I mean, the reason the Dodgers didn't have to give up as much to get Mookie Betts was because they took on David Price's contract. And so, you know, that, that stuff always comes into play. But if we're just talking players, I, I'd say, you know, probably Bush and, you know, Pepio or, you know, somebody like that, along with Chris Taylor and probably one, you know, one dude who's 19 years old right now, a, a lottery pick kind of wild card, you know, some guy playing in low A right now who may or may not turn into anything. Yeah. And that's what it, I think that's with the Cardinals specifically, there's a team that believes they can win as early as next year. I would imagine. I don't believe they're going to go through a full rebuild. Now, if they were trading, you know, Goldschmidt and Arenado and, you know, Flaherty and like everybody and trying to do a little rebuild, then maybe, but yeah, I think it's going to be guys that are MLB or almost MLB ready, which is, Michael Bush on the offensive side could have been DeLuca, but they already have enough, you know, white guy outfielders over there. So they're, they're not really looking for that. But yeah, I think it's going to come down to probably two top 100 prospects and the guys that are most major league ready of those, which are the ones you already named. Yeah. It's probably worth noting on the Arenado front that uh, all the LA reporters are reporting that there's a very real possibility and all the Cardinals writers are reporting that there's no way in in heck that Nolan Arenado gets traded this week so yeah I don't have hard source info but I texted somebody that is very close to an Arenado's cousin and all he said was it's a ways away from being 100 percent so <laughs> well there is. you have it yeah um all right uh where are we at on time one more before the break yeah all right, let's do uh, – ooh, I should have looked. Um, okay, uh, another one from Kevin. He says, I find it hard to see Andrew Friedman overpaying for the arms that are currently available. He saves his bullets for elite-level talent. With that said, how confident are you in a playoff rotation of Kershaw, Julio, Bobby Miller, and some combination of Gonsolin, Grove, and Sheehan? I think I'm more confident than maybe a lot of people are because I think when it comes down to it, the postseason's a different beast. Like, you know, it, it and being in it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good in like being in it a lot. But with, you know, Kershaw and Julio, it, you know, this, this is where the offense comes into play because like when the offense doesn't score, and Julio goes five innings and gives up three runs. Like that's not terrible, but we I don't like I don't like that stat line when the Dodgers are losing three zero three one when he exits the game because it's annoying. Like why why can't we be the team that's stopping the other team like that kind of deal? Um, but I trust them enough with the bullpen that the Dodgers have right now, and I think that's the biggest key is I trust these guys to give you five innings of three runs or less at least between Miller, Kershaw, and Julio. 
but it's also a stressful like five, six innings because they don't have the strike. Or Miller does a little bit more, but even then he doesn't put up big strikeout numbers yet. And Kershaw has the strikeout numbers, but in the postseason, you know, it, it's kind of depends how he is that day, whether he's pitching a contact or striking guys out. And Julio hasn't really struck out guys in the postseason either, unless it's been in like, you know, big situations when he's coming out of the bullpen. So I trust them enough with the rest of the team. But again, obviously, uh, you know, one guy, one or two guys at the deadline wouldn't hurt. Yeah. And for me, you know, Kevin asked how confident are we with that? And, and for me, it's not so much about confidence. It's just the question marks, you know, um, so much, so much can happen in the next two and a half months before the postseason starts health wise. And, you know, the current version of Julio, I don't feel great about that version. Current version of, of Gonsolin don't feel great about that, but both of them are very talented pitchers that who could totally figure things out. I mean, you could, it's not crazy at all to think that a rotation of Kershaw, Julio, Gonsolin, and Bobby Miller in some order could be the best rotation in the postseason. You know, talent-wise, previous performance-wise, performance wise, that's not a crazy idea. Right now, if the postseason was starting right now, I wouldn't be confident because a couple of those guys aren't there. Obviously, Kershaw's the, the best one right now, and he's hurt. Uh, you know, still coming back. So, uh, but two months from now, two and a half months from now, that could be an awesome rotation. And we could, it's not crazy to think we could go in October thinking, man, why are we worried about this rotation? Yeah. The other part that's always funny to me with Dodger fans specifically that I see like online is the fact like we're, we were such like doomsday Dodger fans. Like, oh, you know, they're going to lose in the playoffs, whatever the case, whatever. And we, the Dodgers have lost two teams with worse rotations than the Dodgers have that year playing them head to head. And in like, there's been bad teams with worse rotations that win the World Series. So I don't, and, and the Dodgers have had years where they had Kershaw and Zach Greinke, like both in their prime MVP, you know, Cy Young MVP status and didn't win. So like, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Couple more questions coming up. Uh, one about MVP and one about Andrew Friedman, but. Before that, let's get uh, or let's stay locked on Dodgers. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. Make sure to find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube and become an everyday by listening every day. And remember, Sirius XM or that XM app, search Dodgers if you want to listen to the home broadcast for any Dodger game. Let's get back into the questions. We have Two more, I think. So we'll get into this one. At say it like they M one says, if the Dodgers don't get a starter that we that we feel comfortable pitching in the postseason game in a postseason game, would you consider this deadline to be a failure on Friedman's part for not being able to adjust to the market since last year? Uh, you know, there there's a lot of ifs there. Um, for me, it feels like if if the Dodgers don't get a starter. Um, that we feel comfortable with in the postseason, it's probably because that guy wasn't available. You know, if if we do see like like Giolito was one of the, like okay, maybe the Dodgers can figure something out, but Giolito would have been a project. It was well, hopefully the Dodgers could fix him and help him get back to what he used to be. If the Dodgers didn't have that confidence, they're not going to make that trade. Lance Lynn has been even worse than Giolito this year, but if the Dodgers maybe they see something, maybe they can help him be better. You know, but like if. Uh, 
if Justin Verlander gets traded. Uh, he's a guy who could make a difference in the postseason for the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing, th he's the kind of guy who Friedman might be willing to give up elite talent for because that is a, a, a blockbuster trade. And so I don't necessarily think it, it's hard to picture. And, and this, honestly, this is probably my bias because Andrew Friedman, in my mind, is, you know, one of the best, if not the best general managers in baseball. I I can't think of one trade deadline causing me to think that it was a failure. You know, like in, in my mind, when Andrew Friedman does something I don't agree with, my first instinct is, huh, I'm interested to figure out why, what, what I was wrong about, you know? And so far that, that approach hasn't let me down either. Uh, you know, Andrew Friedman is smarter than me. He's better at being a general manager than me. And so most of the time, He's doing a pretty good job. Uh, so, you know, that it's probably a cop-out answer that that doesn't really give the answer he was hoping for. But, no, I, I don't think that it's possible. Uh, for, for me, if the Dodgers don't get somebody, I'm super excited about this trade deadline. It's going to be because of the stupid nature of the trade deadline and the expanded playoffs and just not enough guys to be excited about actually available. Yeah, but I guess that's the question is if he doesn't, like, pay what the market rate is, like, do you, do we think he should be paying what the market rate is? And it, I guess that kind of comes down to the question of, do you, you know, does he believe in these Dodgers specifically? And also, you know, Mookie and Freddie are still really good, but yeah, it is a year where they're, you know, both locked in, in their, you know, essentially in their prime still. Does it make sense to be a little more careless this season than maybe other seasons in the past? Yeah, but spending more money isn't going to make Jack Flaherty a better pitcher. You know, no, it's prospect, like that, I mean, prospect wise, though. Well, yeah, and that money. spending spending whatever isn't going to make Jack Flaherty better. You know, and so for me, it's like if there's a guy who can make an impact in the postseason, I think they'll go get him. I think they'll go after him. Uh, but that's that's the definition of begging the question. You know, it we can't just assume that the best guy available. Who, the best guy who gets traded at the trade deadline isn't necessarily good enough to actually make a difference in the postseason this year. And so, no, I don't want the Dodgers throwing prospects after the best guy available just because he's the best guy available unless they actually think that he can help them win a World Series. And, you know, and, and what that means is it has to be somebody who's better than either Kershaw or Julio or Gonson or Bobby Miller, the four-man rotation that they're going into October with as of right now has to be somebody better than that. And when you look at who's available, like can, can you honestly say you're a hundred percent sure that Lance Lynn is better than all four, than any of those four guys? I mean, performance wise this year, I think I saw Lance Lynn has the worst ERA in baseball this year. Qualified starters, I think. Of qualified starters, yeah. So Lance Lynn would be an innings eater. He would help for sure in the regular season, help them get their bullpen rested up, you know, stop having these four inning starts. Uh, but Lance Lynn is not an October difference maker. And so I don't want them paying a ton of prospect capital for Lance Lynn uh, unless they actually think that they can help him be a difference maker in October. It, does that make sense what I'm that, saying? That I think that answered it better. For it makes more sense that way. Sometimes it just takes me three or four tries to give a good answer. So, you know, that's why we do this podcast every day, guys. Eventually I'll say something that's not totally stupid. Um all right, real quick, let's finish up on the last question from Frank, who's to be frank, is back on Twitter apparently. 
Is there a realistic path for Mookie or Freddie to win MVP this season over Ronald Acuna Jr.? I assume you looked up some numbers because you're usually that type of guy. So I'll let you start off this one. Yeah, honestly, the best path to anybody other than Acuna winning the MVP is Acuna getting hurt. And so obviously when I say best path, I don't actually mean best path because I don't think anybody wants Acuna to get hurt. Uh, I wouldn't mind if he was a little nicked up in the postseason. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't want uh, – I, I do not wish an injury, a season-ending injury on Ronald Acuna. Um, but as far as a Dodger having a chance to win the MVP, that's probably the best chance right now. I mean, Acuna is, he, he is at five war right now, according to baseball reference, probably somewhere near there on, on fan graphs. Five war is not an MVP season. And so if his season ended today, he's not going to win the MVP. Uh, but the fact is he's only currently 43 plate appearance plate appearances away from qualifying for the batting title, you know? And so 43 more plate appearances and he is, you know, going to finish second or third in batting average. He's going to finish in the top couple, even if his season did end after 43 plate appearances, he would be right up there and he would probably have a hundred runs scored by then. He'd, you know, have over 50 stolen bases. Uh, you know, he, his numbers would look pretty darn good. Uh, but, you know, as far as him, re really, there's nothing that Mookie or Freddie can do to overcome Acuna unless he slumps or gets hurt. And, uh, you know, he would have to slump pretty hard. Uh, but but that's the thing. You know, if Acuna did go through a stretch where he batted 220 for a month, that does drop that batting average down. It, it doesn't drop the raw numbers, obviously. The stolen bases are still going to look impressive. He's still going to have the power. Uh, but, you know. Right now, leading the league, I, I guess not leading the league in the OPS right now, but uh, nearly a thousand OPS, lead the league in solo bases, leading the league in runs scored, hitting a lot of power, playing good defense, all those things. Uh, yeah, it would take a major slump or an injury, I think, to keep Acuna from winning the MVP. Yeah, he's slumped for like two weeks now, but even that slump is not terrible. So, yeah. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for all your questions. Thank you for – I know there's one There's one more question we have, but he actually said wait till next week about it. So we'll have that one for next week. Remember, you can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. And remember to become an everydayer by listening every single day. So subscribe so you can be notified when our episodes are up. You can listen to the home broadcast for any Dodger game. If you get SiriusXM or the SXM app, just search Dodgers. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince since '91. DMs are open on all those accounts if you need to get a hold of us. You can also get a hold of us via email, lockedondodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're every weekday morning and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, take your smart device play podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree, you just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs>